This week, my guest and I have a heartfelt chat about how God showed her that when her dreams and plans crumbled, he gave her hope and a message that she could have another beautiful life after the heartbreak. I want you to know that this episode includes a topic that may be triggering. Although we do not talk about suicide in a graphic or detailed way, please use discretion if suicide is a sensitive topic for you. More than anything, this episode is about hope and renewal, about transforming our minds and breaking old patterns of thinking. I got chills a few times while recording. Maybe you're wondering if God has another beautiful life for you after something has caused everything to fall apart. Hope is very much alive in Trisha's story, and I hope you enjoy our conversation today. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Before we jump into the conversation, I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Trisha Zodi. After the tragic death of her husband, Trisha is learning to put the pieces of her life back together by leaning on the love and hope of Christ one day at a time. His promise to her of another beautiful life is evidence of his gracious mercy and tender care for the brokenhearted. Hers is a story of loss, broken dreams, and complicated grief, but it is also one of redemption and great hope that is full of evidence of God's loving presence that is proving to be beautiful and good. Trisha Zodi is a speaker, a life coach for Christian women, and a podcast host of Another Beautiful Life. Trisha lives in the Houston area and is the mother of three beautiful adult children who are scattered all over the globe. Let's jump into the conversation with Trisha. I'm going to give you a scenario, and I want to find out something about your personality here. So you have a random free afternoon, which I have a feeling is pretty rare for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So do you spend it at home reading a book and lounging on the patio, or do you call a friend and go out? Oh, it's so hard because it's both and. I (laughs) am an outside on my patio person girl. I love to be outside. Any, In fact, before we got together, I went out and stood out in the sun on my back patio just to soak it up for a minute. That does something for me. Mm -hmm. I love being outside. But um, there is something about the necessity of connection for me as well. And so it's not just anybody. I have very specific friends, right? I have my, my little close knit friends that I will, will call and see if I can get together and listen, if they can't, I am so happy on my patio. <laughs> so it's all good. Oh, I'm so jealous of the sunshine. Cause you're in the South and I'm in Northern Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. I went for a walk this morning. It's late May when we're recording this, it was 46 degrees and raining. <gasps> <laughs> so oh. I want the sunshine so badly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me tell you, it is, it's going to tell me right here. It's 81 degrees here, completely sunny all day, not a cloud in the sky. All, all right. Well, day. I'll be on a plane okay. in yeah. mm, two on, hours girl. from the airport. So I'm on the way. Come, come on. <laughs> Actually, I was in Houston for a podcasters conference in 2020, right before everything closed down. It was mm-hmm. February. I was um, 
I it was like maybe 55 degrees and I went outside on the patio at the conference center and there was one other person sitting out there with me. It was a woman from Michigan and oh. both of us were enjoying the fact that in February 55 felt like heaven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Trisha, you've self-identified as a huge repurposer. So I want to know a little bit more about that. Oh, wow. Well, my husband and I used to um, go to antique markets. There's a huge antique market that comes out twice a year. And um, we're real junk finders. So Mm -hmm. as we were, you know, we'd go to the junk, we'd go to the old furniture, not the new, uh, you know, the swanky looking antiques, we'd go to the old stuff and, uh, anything that we could find, whether that be antique chairs or furniture or just anything, um, my house is filled with it and it is, we've brought it in and, and, you know, put a little bit of love on it, maybe some paint, you know, (laughs) and, and which, and and crackle paint, which anybody who's an antique uh, dealer collectors <laughs> is freaking out right now, I know, but I like chalk paint. So I, yes, you. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. So my house is completely, um, uh, covered with mm-hmm. repurposed things. We've got one of my favorite things is, uh, we found some Egyptian gates that were outside of a, uh, of a mansion in, in Egypt and they were brought to this antique market. And so we snatched up several of mm-hmm. them and they are, uh, 12 feet tall. Oh, wow. They're, uh, they're about four and a half feet wide. So I have two by two of them sitting next to each other as my headboard. Ooh, I love they that. are, inc- and they're old and the paint's chipping off and mm-hmm. it is just, Oh, it's gorgeous. And then we got another one and we had, uh, someone, uh, cut it up and make a base of a side table for us and then put a piece of, um, uh, soapstone on the top. Ooh. So uh, we're all about that. I yeah. mean, so yes, when I heard about you, I was like, oh yeah, we're <laughs> I know as friends. you're talking, like you are a girl after my own heart. Cause I like the rusty, I like the chipped up things. And I am yep. not afraid of painting wood, even though people do not like me for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we took a, so you'll love this. So we found some old, um, whitewashed pine, which is kind of rare to find, but it was in an old, um, dance hall where I think like LBJ danced (laughs) one time. So like it has some history, right? So we commissioned this guy to make a dining table for us. So it's 10 and a half feet long. It's, it's it's quite large or maybe I'm sorry, 12 and a half feet long. And, um, and he also, he kind of put farm table kind of look a uh, base on it. And we didn't really like that. So I, I had my husband take the farm table base <laughs> off and we bought old antique, uh, columns mm. and, and put them side by side. And those are the base to the dining table. But the, then the, the pine was just not really my color and my style. So, um, I painted it <laughs> And then did a crackle finish on top of it. I mean, let me tell you, it is the, and then, and then went in with a rub on top of it. It is the coolest table, but if I tell anybody that I have this, this, this product, right. And then what's under that, all that paint, they just about freak out. But you know, like I told my husband's like, I'm not going to appreciate this as much as if I, as I would, if it were ours, if it, I, I mean, I know we commissioned it, but it didn't turn out the way 
we wanted it to, or I wanted it to. So <clears throat> he was all in. We did it. It's my favorite piece. Mm. When I moved, I had to make sure that that dining table went with me. Like I'm never getting rid of that dining, dining table. So anyway, it's this so is like leads perfectly into why I think that repurposing is a metaphor for life. So my show here started from originally a blog about decorating before and after things. And the beauty is really in what we find in it. It isn't in what somebody else finds in it because somebody else might love my chandelier with the original brass, <laughs> which I I changed it to oil rubbed bronze, but somebody else might think that's too rustic for them. And that's how life is too. Like the, the repurposing that God does in our circumstances are really about the beauty that he helps us pull from those situations. And I know that you've gone through some really tough times in your life and, and the toughest part has been most recently. So could you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about your story? Sure. So um, just to give a little bit of, of back history, I have, um, I've been married 30 years, um, had three beautiful children with my husband, Brian. Um, and we grew up, we kind of grew up together because mm -hmm. we were young and when we had children, we weren't, we didn't really know what we were doing and we just figured it out together, but he was definitely my best friend. And like I said, when we'd go antique shopping, we just did mm -hmm. things together. We loved being together. <clears throat> so, um, he, was a, a very smart man and, uh, just very kind. It loved the Lord, uh, followed Jesus, read his Bible every day. He was just a, he was just a man that was, you know, he's, he was the man that my parents prayed for me mm -hmm. to have. Right. I've had the privilege. He, he owned his own business and I've had the privilege to just stay home with my kids, raise our three children. And I spent most of my life in women's ministry teaching Bible study, mentoring women, and also leading worship and then volunteering wherever I wanted to. So that was such a privilege for me. So that, that is, um, that's kind of who I've been, but most recently I am a widow. So my husband passed away in 2017. And so I'm just going to give you a real concise mm -hmm. version of the background mm -hmm. and the backstory. And if you want to stop me at any time, you're welcome to and ask any questions, but basically in 2012, my husband began experiencing debilitating back pain in his lower back. And then he had five major surgeries in five years. And that included a laminectomy at first, and then a fusion with cages. And then we had to go in and take out the cage and put in new cages and then several more fusions anyway, all the way down to his sacrum. And then every surgery seemed to have left him worse off than before. And then in 2017, the neurosurgeon finally told him that there was nothing more that they could do for him and that he'd be on pain management for the rest of his life. So at this point he was, and, and as you can imagine the despondency that comes from, you know, you have a major surgery mm -hmm. They tell you, it takes about six months for that inflammation to go down to see if that sur surgery took mm -hmm. right. Quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> uh, if it took, so we'd wait, we'd hold our breath six months and th then to find out that that surgery didn't, didn't take mm. 
still in pain. And then we'd spend the next six months trying to figure out going to physical therapy and acupuncture and doing all the, the stretching and doing all the things that he needed to do and figuring out what was next for him. And then, you know, and then we'd have another surgery. So we do this for five years, five major surgeries. So at this point he is so he's so right. Just done. He's mm-hmm. like, I, he can't sit for very long in a chair. It's very, very painful for him. Uh, standing up gets extremely tiring. So he found himself laying on the couch quite a bit. He um, owned his own business. Fortunately, he could work from home. And so he did his work from, from the couch basically. But here he was. And like I mentioned at the beginning, he was a very strong man, very smart man. He was strong physically, he was strong spiritually. But this chronic pain literally did a number on him. Mm-hmm. And he uh, had lost a significant amount of weight and was unable to do most of the things that he loved doing. And in somewhere in there, he lost himself and he became hopeless. And, and then in August of 2017, he ended up taking his life. Mm-hmm. So um, that is, that's kind of my history that brought and is kind of brought me to where I am today because after his suicide, I found myself in despair and mm. overwhelm, um, and a desperation. Like I, I never had before, right. I I've had a very vibrant, robust relationship with the Lord for many, many years. Um, those last five years were filled with desperate cries and begging the Lord to heal him. But, and alongside that, a faith and a belief that he would, and Brian had the same Brian believed that by medicine or by miracle, God could heal him. And he asked that he would every single night. In Mm. fact, there were many times that we would go to bed together, praying in tears, Mm. asking the Lord to heal him. Um, so we had great faith that the Lord could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, that, so it was very interesting that at that point it was overwhelming for him to the degree that he no longer had hope. He was hopeless. So I had to, at that point, kind of reconcile, how did that all happen? Mm -hmm. Like, how did that even, how did that even happen to him? Right. And then, you know, like I said, I was a stay-at-home mom for all those years and I didn't women's ministry. And so now all of a sudden I no longer have my best friend and my Mm -hmm. husband, but I also no longer have my financial provisions. So I had no idea how I was going to go on. I had, I had not been in corporate in over 25 years. You know, you know, what do I, how do Mm -hmm. I, how, how do I do that? And, you know, how do I jump back in and. So I was at a point where I really didn't know how I was going to go on it. Even if I wanted to go Mm. on, right. I just felt like my life was over everything that I knew, all the dreams that we had planned together. You know, we were at the time we were, we'd had some property at the edge of the hill country and we had been mapping out, clearing the land, mapping out where our house would be talking to an architect about what that would look like, um, talking about, you know, oh, we'll do a, a little bunk house for the kids, the grandkids over here, you know, we'll do playground over there. So we had so many things to look forward to in our future. And then all of a sudden it was just gone in yeah. an instant. So I was in a really, really dark place. 
And I, it was probably the first time in all of my years of being a Christian that I've ever questioned God and honestly felt uh, like I had a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things that I didn't understand that I believed about God that didn't come to fruition, didn't happen and made me question everything. I'm thinking about how you had five years of watching your husband struggling. And I can hardly imagine the discouragement of having been through that process and now suddenly finding yourself with this immense loss on top of that emotional, like I've been married over 30 years as well. And so it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like to watch my husband suffering like your husband was with the pain. So you talked about this crisis of faith that you came to. What questions did you wrestle with then with God? Well, you know, it's, it's real interesting. If you had asked me, Michelle, Hey, Trisha, do you treat God like a genie in a bottle? (laughs) You know, I would have argued with you until I was blue in the face Mm -hmm. because I loved him. I honored him. I had reverence for him and, and, and I trusted him and I knew who he was and I knew his goodness. Um, but I didn't realize that until that moment that I really was expecting something out of him. Mm -hmm. Look, God, I've been serving you for all these years. I've, I've sacrificed my life for you. We've, we've given over our, our, not just our family and our children to you. We've dedicated everything, our lives to you. Our business is yours. We have dedicated, we've done all this for you. We are living. Couldn't you have just done this one thing Mm. for me? Right. And it, it really was it exposed a lot about how I felt our relationship was transactionally. I would never have, a, I agree. I would have never admitted that before. I would never have even believed that that's what I was believing. But my very question asking him, couldn't you have just done this one thing for me? I've done all these things for you. I think that there's was- probably a listener that can relate to that. Yeah. who maybe has been waiting for a loved one to be healed from cancer and then that was not answered in the way that they had hoped for. Um, so I, I interrupted you there, but how did you process that then when you, when you realized that? Right. Well, I had to realize that then what I was really seeing was my life, my comfortable life here was it was about me. I mean, life on earth for me was about me Mm -hmm. and me being happy and me getting the things that I wanted. And so through a process, and I do say process because it was not over overnight, it was literally wrestling with the Lord over and again. Um, But I came to understanding that I really was living a me-centric theology, right? That everything that I believed was about me and my happiness and my life here. And what the Lord allowed me to see by his mercy and his grace, he showed me that this world living here is really all about him. It's about his Mm. plan, his overarching plan. And, and it's something that I don't even, I can't even know or understand fully. I can know a little bit, Mm but I can't fully understand because my, because of my small 
feeble brain, right? <laughs> we can't know God mm-hmm. that, that way. We can't really understand him. And thank goodness, because if I could understand him, me, if I could understand him, he must be a very small, shallow God. Right? <laughs> so I came to understand um, his sovereignty a bit better here on uh, this earth and my place in it. So I know now who he is and who I am mm-hmm. in him and what I'm here on earth for. And that is to give him glory and to enjoy him forever. And those two things can go and do go hand in hand. So I literally am my life, even in my husband's death, And in the way that I'm healing now and in this healing journey is for his glory. Now, am I grieving? Do I still have Mm -hmm. grief and of sorrow? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I also have hope Mm -hmm. and I have hope in that I have eternal life with Jesus after this life. And also I know my husband does as well. Mm -hmm. So, and so he's been resurrected. I will at some point be rejoined with him in heaven. So that's my hope. And if, and if that's where my perspective is with, if I have any eternal perspective, if that's where my focus is not here on this earth, in this world, in this life right now, but if I'm looking to the, to the future, which is forever future, if I'm looking at that, um, and that's my focus, that eternal perspective, then everything changes here. Everything is just like, okay, well, this is just, we are just a breath here. If this is just a blip of my, of my soul and my existence, because forever and eternity, eternity is in heaven with Jesus and with my husband and with my parents who've also uh, gone to be with them. Mm -hmm. So you know, it just, it, when, when you have a crisis of faith, it's not a problem. It's really not. It's usually that's where God says, you know, I can work with this now because now you're getting really honest with yourself. You're really understanding that you don't know what you thought you knew. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, let me educate you. And it comes with so much. The revelation of it comes with so much peace, even in the, the not understanding, even in the parts where we can't understand. We have no capacity mm-hmm. to understand and we have no answers for, and you're just able to sit in it and mm-hmm. say, yes, Lord, and be settled in the peace. And it's like, I, I don't understand this. Yes. I still have grief, but I know that I can continue on and my life will give you glory. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here on your podcast today mm-hmm. is to, to give that hope to other people that you, your journey may look different. You may have gone through different things, but listen, we're all on a journey. We don't, none of us get out on this, from this earth unscathed. None of us get out of here alive unless Jesus comes. Yes. Come Lord Jesus quickly. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're, we're all going to face hardship and, and some of it's going to be harder than others. Some of it's going to include the death of a spouse or a death of a child. It's going to be excruciatingly difficult, but God, but God. I love that you've made it very clear that hope is not the absence of grief because Mm -hmm. sometimes we think that we can't have hope until the grief is gone. And as long as we're on earth, there's going to be a source of grief. This episode is brought to you by the book and Bible study called The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure. Are there experiences you'd rather toss in the dumpster? Discover the repurposed and upcycled life. 
This Christian Living and Humor book and accompanying Bible study will help you see how some of your greatest disappointments, mistakes, and hurts can be beautiful treasures from God. Move forward with new purpose even in the midst of the trashy stuff of life. The workbook includes small group discussion, Bible study, doodles to color, and optional at-home applications each week. This is a study for busy women with easy prep for leaders and very little homework for participants. This simple format is welcome for busy women who are looking for deeper relationships with one another without the burden of extra homework. You'll find more about the best-selling book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure, at michellerayburn.com. Trisha, could you tell us a little bit more about how God spoke to you? Yeah. So right after my husband's service, um, I remember vividly sitting in, standing in my kitchen with my youngest son. And, um, I said, my life is over. You know, I really thought that I was waiting for something. I thought I, I, I thought in my prayer time, I thought I heard the Lord telling me to wait, um, which I took and put my bias on it thinking, Oh, he's saying, just wait, he's going to heal him any minute. Mm. Just wait, just wait. And, you know, and I was telling my son, I don't even, I don't even know. I, I, I don't even understand God anymore. I don't even know if I can hear him correctly. I don't even know what he means. If he says something to me, how can I trust what he means? I, I mean, I'm putting my own bias on it. So I don't even know what wait means. Mm. Of course, my, my son and his wisdom, he said, mom, you don't really even know what you were waiting for or what to be waiting for. You may not have not seen it yet. It may be something that's coming in the future. And that just blow that, that just blow blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, son. Okay. Here's my, he, at the time he was 22. I'm like, what, who, you know, the Lord is speaking right through you to me. <laughs> like you are too, you're too smart for your 22 year old age, but it opened up an awareness for me that the way that I'm thinking is so narrow mm. and me centric. Right. And so coming back to that. And so it started this process of me considering that I, when God said, um, I work all things together for good for those who love me, according to the purpose, I I'm thinking, well, this isn't good. Mm. You know, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't mm -hmm. look good. It's a, so maybe I don't even know what good means. Right. If mm -hmm. I, if maybe I don't understand what God means by good. Mm -hmm. What does he mean by good? Cause I know that what I think is good. And according to my definitions, he's not caring for me or loving me like a good father should. He's not actually being a good, good father. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's because that's my, that's my interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. So it opened up my awareness that perhaps I'm just not thinking right. Perhaps my theology is not correct. Maybe I've got some things that are, you know, that are just off and, and more again, me centric. And so there I was wrestling and it took so much time and, and, but, and yet it, it was so fast as well, but the Lord really met me in that darkness in the midst of that deep, dark place and that despair and the questioning. And he literally whispered to me, Trisha, you can have another beautiful life. Mm. And it may not look like the life you've hoped for or dreamed about. It may not look like the 30 years that you've had with your husband, but it can be beautiful and it can be good. That gave me chills. And that's when I knew, Michelle, 
that there was hope on the other side of it. So you took that and you turned it into a ministry for others. You have a podcast called Another Beautiful Life, but you also became a life coach for people. So what have you seen God doing now in this new beautiful life that you're in? Yes, it is amazing. And it's funny. Now you just said that back to me and I've got chills <laughs> on my arms. Um, so one of the things that I had to, uh, the, the way that happened was uh, one of the things I needed to do was have an understanding of how, again, this strong man, spiritually, uh, physically, emotionally, um, mentally, just a smart man, how this man, um, could have been taken down so mm. easily. And so I started studying the cognitive relationship of the brain and the body in order to understand that, that piece. And I came across something that blew me away. And that was that chronic pain quite literally changes the makeup of the brain. And as I got more curious about it, I found out how, and that's neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity just means that our brains are able to wire and rewire itself Mm -hmm constantly. So it's the structural remodeling of the brain. So where there has been dysfunction or trauma or stress in the background and our past and our history, people get stuck in neural ruts of negative thinking and feeling and behaving. And then these negative thoughts become as if they were fact to the brain. Mm. And so the words that we hear or entertain and say to ourselves literally change the way we think permanently if they're a recurring pattern in our life. And so as I was trying to, you know, figure out how this would actually happen with chronic pain, the message that we hear, you would hear in pain is I'm never getting out of this. This is all consuming. It's taking over my life. I will never be anything but the pain and you, your identity becomes the pain, Mm. right? So if you say something like that long enough, your brain will accept it as indisputable fact, and it would automatically act out of that belief. So it's possible then that it'll also manifest in your body. So words are power to the brain. And so that's exciting news in that if we know that we, the brain can be rewired and rewired and rewired, it's exciting news because that means that we can actually unwire and rewire, you know, we can disrupt those patterns of thinking with new mindsets and and mindsets and reframing the stories with new understandings and new perceptions and um, perspectives. And then we can undo and rewire for positive neural patterns. So And if we do that long enough, then we've got whole new neural ruts with helpful and healthy ways of thinking. Because when the the Bible tells us to to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Romans 12, 2 just came to mind. That's right. Romans 12, 2. And he tells us this because we're likely to need our minds transformed. Amen. Mm -hmm. But he also tells us this because our minds can be transformed. Okay. So I came to understand the power of the brain and how these things that we create, how we, um, and how we think create, how we experience our life, right? It's not a, it's not a, um, law of attraction or a manifestation of something. It's literally a, how I'm, I'm not changing my, my circumstances have not changed. My Mm -hmm. husband has not come back. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the way that I experience this life today that has changed. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can literally be in the same circumstances, uh, whether that be financial or physical or mental, emotional, it doesn't matter, but it's how I experience my life that can change. So 
as I'm working this out for myself and realizing that I could have another beautiful life, it started with saying yes. It started by choosing to have another beautiful life. It's a choice. And by that choice and saying yes to that opened up my mind to what could that possibly look like? What would that possibly be? Yes, it's not going to look like I, it used to. That's okay. I understand that. What could it look like? And with that, my brain started getting busy providing evidence that it actually could be beautiful and it could be good. It's going to be different, but it could be beautiful and it could be good. So as I started transforming my life one day at a time, and then I started the podcast kind of a, the podcast was, uh, started out more as a therapy for me, but, um, uh, you know, it, I had people asking me to write about it. So I started like grabbing all my journals from the years prior to his death. And then in that time, and so it was a slow rollout basically of the story and then how the healing was coming along. Um, and so it became not just hope for me, but for many people that had come across it. And I started getting messages from people and emails and, you know, saying, oh, you said this on this topic and I'm dealing with that. Could you help me with this? And so, um, after having 20 years, two decades of mentoring women, I knew how to mm -hmm. help people. Right. Um, but I also knew this brain science part of it. So I knew the faith part with mentoring mentoring through faith, biblical faith, but I now I've got all this new brain science information and I know how that transforms the mind. And if I could integrate the two, I could help so many people, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I do right now with my life coaching is I integrate biblical faith and brain science. And I bring it together because here's the thing, you and I, all the believers, all, all of your listeners who are believers have the Holy Spirit in you to convict, to teach, right? To mm -hmm. comfort, to guide. The problem is, is that we have got so many things in our past and, and probably past wounds that have not been healed. And then these negative neural ruts, these patterns in our brain that have got our brain stuck into negative thinking. And if we can't get past that, we can't open ourselves up and appropriate all the things that have been given to us through the Holy Spirit. And that's including the purpose that with which we have been created for on this earth. So my, I, I in particular coach Christian women exclusively because I believe God has given the, his daughters a purpose. Every one of us have a particular purpose. We're wired and created a specific way, all differently for a particular purpose for his kingdom's sake. But if one of his daughters is filled with anxiety and fear and she's hiding in the corner, she cannot go out and fill her God-given purpose. So if she, if we can get her free of that anxiety, free of that fear, based on neuroscience, right? Based on the transforming of the mind by giving new thoughts, right? He says, mm -hmm. well, think about what you're thinking about, thinking about higher things. Don't think about the world. Don't worry about the world. Don't be of the world, right? These are the things that, and you know, listen, when my husband passed away, the first thing, well, one of the first things that I was worried about is like, what do I do now with my finances? Mm -hmm. How am I, how am I, how am I going to live? How am I going to survive? And I'm freaking out, 
right? Instead of remembering that I have the God of all resources, all finances that can do all things, and he can get money to me in all kinds of ways, which I've watched him do Mm -hmm. when I stepped out in obedience and said yes to him. It's like, but those, you know, when you're stuck in neural ruts, uh, uh, negative patterns of thinking, your brain is just not open up to the other possibilities. And again, when we open our brain up to possibilities, we're able to consider other things with new perspectives and it changes everything. Hmm. It changes everything. Yeah. So I get excited. Oh, Trisha, I love hearing you explain this because I know I'm excited too, because um, I'm thinking about like, People who are stuck with the negative voices of bullying and abuse or people who are stuck in addictions and believing that this is just my story. This is I mean, I even when it comes to relationship with food have asked myself, why do I keep going back to this habit? You know, like there's so many patterns that uh, we go. I've gotten stuck in even. um, So I imagine that your clients then that you're coaching have a million, well, not a million, I like hyperbole, Uh, a lot of stories of freedom and what it feels like to be set free. Yes, absolutely. And one of my favorites, I talk about her all the time, but she had, she literally was that beautiful daughter of Christ that was stuck in a corner because of anxiety. She literally could not leave her house um, to go to Bible study or go to lunch with her girlfriends or even to the grocery store without having a panic, a panic attack. So she literally would stay home. Her husband could come and take her, but even still when her husband would take her somewhere, there was a, it was panic all the way. And so we worked together and now I'm telling you, Michelle, she is out doing everything she wants to do. Mm -hmm. She's doing the thing that God's called her to do. And that's apartment ministry um, doing events for, uh, refugees. I mean, she's just, she's out there doing what God has called her to do because she has no more anxiety and panic attacks. And, um, now we're no longer working together, but she sent me a message the other day. And she said, Trisha, I'm just in tears. I'm giving glory to God. She said, I just drove into, you know, into town 35 miles all by myself and drove all the way back. She said, absolutely enjoyed myself. No panic attacks. And God is so good. Mm. And so here's what I love about this work is it is, it's not just for the problems that you have like right now and today, it literally is transformative. Like we are literally creating new neural ruts in your brain, like new patterns and new ways of thinking. If you quit taking the old pattern, uh, the negative pattern, if you quit going down that road, the brain literally snips that off. It snips off that pattern those ruts because it doesn't want anything that's inefficient in its, in its mind. So it's just going to, at some point it's going to snip it off, which is, you know, it's such a, it's a great thing. It keeps (laughs) us from going back into our old, old habits, but we've got to get to a point where we have practiced the new thought enough that we're creating those new neural ruts and it is possible and it's lasting and it's cumulative. So watching her, it's been several months since I've worked, worked with her but watching her life continue to unfold before her and the freedom that she finds every single day is the 1 million freedoms mm-hmm. that she's finding. It is not hyperbole. It is yeah. the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. Yeah. So exciting. I love why. And I literally, I'm sitting on the other side of this, the screen because we do it by zoom and I'm 
literally like looking up to the heavens going, are you kidding? Lord? Like <laughs> I get to do this. This is what I get to do. Like I get to sit and have the privilege of watching this transformation right before my eyes. It is look, I've got chills. I love all that. Over again. I love it. <laughs> that is a life repurposed. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, listener uh, who is, uh, who's in on this conversation with us, Trisha has resources for you. So I encourage you to check out another Beautiful Life podcast. That's Trisha's podcast. It's on all the podcast platforms out there. It's also on Trisha's website, uh, Trisha Zody, that's Z-O-D-Y, like Cody, but with a Z. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's on her website. And then Trisha, tell us a little bit about the guides that you've created that listeners can get. Yeah, so... Right away, I started creating these uh, these guides that were kind of like you would take that topic for that week, that episode, and uh, I just tried to make it personal for the person who was um, sitting in front of that piece of paper and just like, how can you take what you've just heard on my podcast and make it personal and apply it to your life? Just just gives you some prompts. Um, they're usually maybe five or six questions um, for each guide, and just literally gives you some prompts to explore that particular topic for yourself. So I've got those, um, and I've got for the first section, I've got number episode number one through twenty one done, and I and then I just started picked back up and started doing eighty eighty one and eighty two. That's the last three weeks. Um, that I've put out. So those are all done, but the, the library is growing. So it's, I'm, I'm continuing, I'm picking back up where we, where I left off and I'm creating more guides. So each week, each topic has something that you could literally dive into on your own. So if you have, for example, if you were having your own crisis of faith, and that's the episode that you wanted a guide for, you could download printable and just work on through that with those prompts. Yeah. And where can people grab that? Yeah. So that you can get that off my website. You would sign up to access the entire library at trishazodi.com slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. And that will give you access, lifetime access to that library. So as I'm continuing to add to it, you can always go back and get whatever you need whenever you need it. That's so great. That's an awesome resource. So I'll link to that in the show notes for listeners to get that. As we wrap up our conversation here, Trisha, I could actually talk to you a lot longer because this is really exciting. I love what you're doing. But what do you want the listener to know who is reinventing herself right now for some reason? You know, I mean, if I could just put it in one sentence, you too can have another beautiful life. Mm -hmm. And I say that because it, again, it is a choice. We all have to step out and you may need to be reinventing your life because you've got a divorce or perhaps even you are an empty nester right? And now you're no longer mom and you can't figure out what to do with your time because you spent all your time on your kids, right? And you've got to repurpose your life there. Um, or here's the thing, Michelle, we get to just because we want to, we get to, we could repurpose or reinvent our life just because we choose to. And, and the beautiful thing is, is you can, and the world is your oyster. If you have the Lord Jesus by your side and he's leading and guiding you and you've got the Holy Spirit um, just showing you the way, 
he wants this for you. He's got a purpose for you and he wants to use you. And if you're walking hand in hand with you, it is an absolute guarantee that it's coming to fruition. It's coming in front of you. The steps are being laid out before you to have another beautiful life. There is hope on the other side of whatever it is that you feel like you're facing right now. That's too daunting or that you even feel like maybe you felt like me. I can't go on. I can't do this. I just can't do it. I want to just tell you, it is a choice just by saying yes, that yes, I will choose to have another beautiful life. Amen. Thank you so much, Tricia, for sharing what God has done in your life and how he has transformed a tragedy into something beautiful. So thank you for being obedient to what he's called you to do. I so appreciate you allowing me here to share my message and to speak to your listeners. I do hope it's an encouragement for them. Yeah. Listener, I hope you were as encouraged by listening to Trisha's message today as I was, you will find the show notes for this episode at michellerayburn.com slash 143. And I will link up to her website there and also to those guides. Thanks for being with me today. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen. And thank you for listening too.